day two at the Swindon Festival of Poetry sees a great number of American readers of poetry and none better than Robert Peake who is sitting next to me. Thank you for joining me, Robert. My pleasure. Um, you're reading from a, from a pamphlet that was published last year and a collection that's being published next year. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Um, tell us a bit about... Let's start with The Silence Teach, which came out last year, because it's a very personal collection, isn't it? It is indeed. It's dedicated to the memory of our son who lived for three days in 2006. And the pamphlet took me seven years to, to write, essentially, um, writing poems pretty continuously since that time, calling away a lot of the ones that were um, more therapeutic than artistic, um, and finally coming to this, this sort of slim core of poems that was picked up last year by the University of Salzburg, uh, Poetry Salzburg Press. And how, who, was it you who determined which ones were sentimental and which ones were poetic, for want of a better term, or did you have a really good editor to help you see that through? I had so many mentors and friends and supportive poets along the way um, that I think early on were very helpful in helping me to get to the core material, to get to what, what really uh, mattered. And uh, over time, I think I was lucky enough to internalize that, uh, those experiences, so that in the end, ultimately, it's always the author's decision, but it's kind of hard to disentangle so many influences and so many um, helpful and supportive, really, fellow poets over the years who, in their own way, contributed to the making of that. Your wife's here with you today, and she, looks, and she looked at the reading very supportive of this. This must mm. have been quite tough for her as well. Indeed, it, it, I think it, it, it was, you know, f to have that material out there. Um, it takes on a life of its own once it's, once it's been published. And um, yet she's been to just about every reading that, that she possibly could make, um, with very rare exception. Um, she's, I think, been supportive uh, of the work from the beginning and supportive of the, the process of me coming to terms with this through the writing, even though it may have been... Uh, quite a pang from time to time to hear these poems over and over again. On to happier matters, your first full-length collection is with the wonderful Nine Arches um, Press, and it's called The Knowledge, and is out in April, I believe. That's right. And it's about um, settling in London. It is. We, we uh, moved to London uh, three and a half years ago or so, and it was really a shock. It was really quite an experience, having been born and bred in California, um, to, to suddenly find myself you know, in, the, in the thick of things on the northern line. And yet I wanted that experience. I wanted that broader exposure. Um, so it's a, it's a collection of uh, poems written during that time, both in the thick of sort of culture shock and onward as I integrated all of those experiences of being an outsider, um, of being um, suddenly thrust into what felt like really the center of so many different cultures and, and experiences at once. So it's a book of um, sort of innocence and experience, although I'm, I'm told that title's already been taken. <laughs> um, so the knowledge seemed, seemed to be sort of the next most Londonly appropriate thing to call it. Here at the festival, your reading is the first of a number of American poets on this day. Carietta, Jacqueline Pope, John Sherr will be reading in the evening. Why do you think so many American poets have managed to gravitate towards UK and towards Swindon in particular? <laughs> well, it's a lovely you know, part of the world. As I'm, we're sitting here, we've got a, 
a chicken scratching behind us and um, you know this the bales of hay and so it's, it's just it's a lovely lovely part of the world um, I think that there's a lot to be gained for American poets from uh, British traditions and in some ways I think the the West Country really represents a very distinctly English uh, milieu, as well as um, you know having very distinctly English voices coming out of this part of of the world. And I think also that there's a lot to be gained um, for British poets in exposure to the American traditions. Um, I say plural because there are so many of them. Um, I really believe in this, and so that's that's part of why I, you know started up uh, an online reading series to pair up. Uh, British and American poets to get them in conversation, to get people exposed from one side of the pond to, to poets on the other side. There's a mutual fascination and, and interest. Um, you know, poetry is its own kind of culture. They, it grows up almost like in different petri dishes, if you like. Um, and that sort of, you know, um, to switch metaphors, cross pollination, that, cr- that um, sharing that happens between. Uh, different distinct cultures can be incredibly enriching uh, and seductive um, and, and wonderful for the art. So I'm a firm believer in just a lot more transatlantic exposure. Well, as a Swindonian and a member of the United Kingdom, thank you very much for coming here and sharing your poems with us. My pleasure.